Dustin? Hey, Hooper. It's definitely not the same day as the Psycho Review that we recorded. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, okay, well, it, it's it's actually Veterans Day, everybody. <laughs> that's, Hooray. That's how far in the future we're throwing this episode Okay. Uh, to, to cover some, some gaps in our schedule. So here we are. We're going to talk uh, sort of about veteran-related things, but that's merely a coincidence on the release date. No, no other reason to be, to be quite frank. Okay. Um, all right, Dustin, I saw a couple movies that came out about 20 years ago. Okay. And I know you've seen, I believe you've seen them both. Um, yes, I'm, I I'm going fi- to I'm, I'm find out right now. Do you know what I'm talking about, Dustin? I think so. You texted okay. it to me. Oh, I did. Okay. <laughs> I thought uh, you were just playing the odds. Like I probably have. Like, <laughs> I probably, no, I think I, I yeah. know I have. No, you're if right. You're talking about the two you sent me. Yes. I'm talking first about the last samurai. I have been hired to help suppress the rebellion of yet another tribal leader. Apparently, this is the only job for which I am suited. For six months' work, I am to receive three years of captain's pay, teaching Orientals to soldier. What can the general tell me about this man, this samurai, Katsumoto? We will pay you $400 a month. So what do you say we put the past behind us? Assume firing position! Assume firing position! What is your name? You kept me alive just to speak English? Then what do you want? To know my enemy. When I took this, you were my enemy. Um, okay. The Last Samurai was directed by Edward Zwick. Zwick. Okay. Zwick. Sound, sounds like what you'd put on like a comic panel Zwick. when when Logan's claws come out. Zwick. 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 <laughs> um, uh, the Captain Zwick directed this film. Also has a <laughs> credit on the screenplay along with John Logan and Marshall Hershkovitz. Um, movie stars are friend Mr. Tom Cruise. We've yes. also got Timothy Spall, who some, for some reason... Well, really, I probably guess, but for some reason is higher on the call sheet than Ken Watanabe, who is yeah. the titular character of The Last Samurai. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Um, Billy Connolly, Tony Goldwyn, Hiroyuki Sonata is in this movie. Yes. Um, and uh, and so this film, uh, this is on Paramount Plus uh, when I watched it. So um, I popped on to Paramount to watch the new Transformers film with my kids. And while I was here, I was like, knock out some stuff from my, my old list. Yes. And, um, and they, uh, both films tonight happen to star Tom Cruise. So we're first talking about the last samurai. Had you seen this before? I used to own this movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. before it was stolen from me by a Delta employee. <laughs> yes. It's going to keep coming up. You guys, as we go yep. through the decades yep. <laughs> until we get to, to 2007, this is going to keep coming up. Correct. 
buckle up. This is a grievance I'll, I'll take to my grave. <laughs> to this day, I have never flown. I have. Um, all right. So The Last Samurai, um, really cool film. Uh, and it is about uh, a, uh, is it, it, the film takes place in 1876 and it's uh, about Tom Cruise's character. Tom Cruise's captain, Nathan Algren, or is the guy who announces him. I always remember how that guy <laughs> He's like, yeah. he's like, he's, he's there to like promote the, the Winchester rifle. And so he's just doing this endorsement and, uh, the guy's waiting for him to come out and he's just captain Nathan Algren. <laughs> yes. 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 Ah, yes. Captain <laughs> Nathan Algren. And just the, all the pomp that he's just. Yeah. And of course he goes backstage and he hates them and he fires them. And because, yeah. because captain Algren is a drunk, he's a miserable drunk. Um, he's a, he's a captain in the U S arm, former, uh, captain in the U S army. Um, but he's very bitter because he has a lot of trauma over, um, massacring women and children in the American Indian wars. Um, and he was part of Custer's army at one point. And so he just, he's, he's essentially committed some war crimes and without, of course, anybody being held accountable for them because of the time period and every, yep. and the, and the victims, but um, he's carrying a lot of guilt and shame and um, sure. self hatred for that. So he hates himself. He hates. He hates everything. He's everything sucks. Yeah. And he gets um, hired to go to Japan and train their new army, uh, their new Japanese Imperial Army. Um, for some reason, the person in charge over there is this is a businessman. Uh, Mr. Amora. Yeah. Uh, even though, yeah. Uh, because at this point, Japan, and this is based on like real historical things that happened it, around this period uh, in Japan, it's actually known as the uh, set. No, the, well, the, 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 the Meiji, the Meiji restoration, um, which was sort of when um, uh, Japan was like, well, okay, we got to get with the times, got to modernize. We got to, we need to be doing better in the world. And Part of that involved kind of pushing the samurai out. And yeah. there's a whole rebellion known at the time as the Satsuma Rebellion, um, sort of resisting the westernization of Japan. Um, and so the leader of that rebellion, this um, Katsumoto character, is played by Ken Watanabe here. And uh, he sees himself as a servant of the emperor. And he's like, if the emperor wants, wants me to, wants me gone, all he has to do is ask, I'll commit seppuku. And, um, and, but he still has faith that the emperor will sort of see the value of the samurai. And that's why he hasn't overtly, um, put an end to the rebellion. So, cause the emperor is really young and inexperienced and is, was a, was a pupil of Katsumoto's. And so there's sort of a relationship there going on. So Tom Cruise trains the army, tries to train the army. They suck. Um, and they are rushed into battle ahead of schedule to try to crush the samurai. Um, basically everyone dies. He is captured and taken prisoner by, uh, Katsumoto. And then slowly through the months of captivity in this village over the winter, he, um, he dries out and he begins to sort of appreciate and adopt their ways to the point where he ultimately at the end of the film is uh, fighting alongside them against uh, the Japanese Imperial army um, and his former um, 
you know, uh, the soldiers, uh, who are also there on a contract basis to train them. So yeah, the film has a lot of, um, similarities to like dances with wolves. Um, avatar avatar is, you know, another one. Um, and so it's, it, it is, uh, in that way, it's a very, um, familiar plot here. Uh, so the film was a lot better than I remember it. Uh, I remember sort of, sort of liking it and I'm watching it here and I'm like, no, this is pretty excellent. Um, the production value is astounding. Uh, all the, the locations, just everything they, they did, all the, all the background actors, like all the, the human beings just in these battle scenes, like it's pretty crazy. Um, the performances are really sublime. Um, Tom Cruise is, is really good in the movie. Everyone knocks on Tom Cruise for not being like that strong of an actor, but like, especially in this period, like the early two thousands, my minority report, it's a terrific performance. This is another really great performance of his. Um, Ken Watanabe is very good in the movie. It's very stoic, but like he's a very vulnerable leader and he's very emotional and very accessible. Um, and then Hiroyuki Sonata, of course, is he's just fantastic. This is the first movie I remember remembering him from as this yeah. character Ujo because he's like the he's the guy who does not trust Tom Cruise. He hates him, doesn't like yep. him, um, and ultimately becomes like, you know, like one of his strongest allies uh in the third act. Yeah. And it's very satisfying arc for him. Yeah. Yep. Um the film does lose points when you zoom out and you do the whole um uh, uh, hold up, uh, math on it. And when you, when you start to kind of judge what it does. So the revolt depicted in the film has been idealized. Uh, the samurai are historically like of noble birth. Um, yeah. And are, so there's somewhat of like a royalty, uh, aspect to their existence. So you could argue that they were resisting not modernization because they were afraid of losing their status. Sure. Um, you know, because the modernization of the country made everyone more equal. And so they're like, nope, screw that. Yeah. Um, and so of course, like in the movie, it's, you know, so a lot of people, a lot of critics and a lot of Japanese people were like, okay, yeah, but like they weren't like, it wasn't so simple. Like, oh, we're so, yeah. we're so good and wise and, you know, and the film is part of a larger discussion, um, that we have in the West here about white savior narratives. Yeah. Uh, this gets brought up among those things. It's hard to ignore here, although the characters in the film are based on real amalgamations of people. Yeah. And Ken Watanabe said very recently, I think this year, that he does not see the film as a white savior story. Um, yeah. I don't know if at the time people, I know, I remember there was a the the Paul Mooney joke on on the Chappelle show about how they're going to make a Last Samurai movie starring Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, the Last Samurai. Um, yeah. So I don't know if they if they always intended on um, Katsumoto being the last samurai referred to in the title, I, I like to think so. The film certainly supports it. Yeah. I just don't see a big like evidence here reading about it where they made a big, uh, there's no evidence that they made a big effort at the time to go, no, 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 Tom Cruise isn't the last samurai. He's not even a samurai in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that they really tried to squash it. Maybe they ignored it. I, I don't know. Um yeah, I think it's an interesting topic, um, the white savior thing. Yeah. I feel like it would definitely come across that way if the idea was Tom Cruise goes to Japan and teaches the Japanese his ways and then they win. Right. But it, but as it stands, it's reverse. He learns from them yeah. and then 
and then they go into battle together. And so in a weird way, it's a celebration of Japanese culture. Yeah. Um, but you know, but I can certainly understand where that's coming from because it's still a white man coming over to do, to, to aid them as if they couldn't have aided themselves Sure, as if they couldn't have won this without him. And, um, yeah, so I understand the complaint. I don't know that it, I don't know that it went fully white savior, but it certainly is on the spectrum. And, and I think uh, that's an interesting point too, because like the film's events could have taken place without him. Like once yeah. he is kidnapped by them, like if you take Algren out of the story, it, it still can happen because sure. they, no one ever dies risking their life to save him. It's uh, you know, everyone who is killed in Tokyo, uh, it, near the uh, end of the second act, like, you know, like his son, like that was all to rescue him. Algren was present and he helped them, but he wasn't like, he just sort of helped in key ways, but there was no like difference maker other than just our protagonist yeah. showing courage and and helping his new friends. Sure. Um, but yeah, and you know, and his, his, uh, his ability to protect, you know, Taka and the household of kids during yeah. the, the ninja attack on the village. Um, so yeah, you're right. Like, like not only does he not, the only thing he brings to the table that helps them is knowledge. They certain not, they certainly do not have, which is how to fight conventional warfare against yeah. people who have guns. Yeah. Um, perhaps, uh, or, or certainly open, open, open field warfare, which they're yeah. not accustomed to, but even that doesn't change the outcome. And they sort of know that when they start that final battle, they're like, we're not going to survive, but we have yeah. to take a stand and we have to stand for this culture. And, you know, and so he says, I'm going to go with you and that's admirable, but you know, it's not like his, and he, he gives them, he says, wait for the volley, wait for the second volley. So he does, he's, he's involved in the strategy of the battle. Yeah. But that's more just like, Hey, like I literally worked for these people like a year ago. I think I could help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I literally trained a lot of the people we're going to murder tomorrow. So um, right. I think I could be of, of use. So yeah, I, I, I think that it, it's understandable why it comes up in the discussion of white savior, but sure. you're right. When you really break it down, it, it doesn't apply. No. And, and it's funny because that label gets tossed around a lot. Like I heard it recently applied to the karate kid. Really? That it, that it was, you know, it's a story of a white boy who appropriates Japanese culture, um, uh. in order to win, uh, a, a match or whatever. Okay. And, and again, to that, my response is, well, yes. Um, but only because, uh, Miyagi becomes his father figure. Yeah. Right. Which I think is an inherently good thing that a boy finds a mentor that's not of, you know, his same ethnic geographical, uh, space, um, and, and is able to, is able to utilize the wisdom of this person to better himself. I don't think that that's necessarily a, you know, Oh, look at this, look at this white kid, you know, appropriating the culture, but rather a white kid who's, who's celebrating it because this is the culture that made a difference to him, Yeah, which I I think is kind of a beautiful thing. Um, but you know, again, even with that, I understand the complaint. I understand the criticism. Um, I think it's just, as we often say, your mileage may vary. Yeah. I I think the film is really good. Uh, I think all aspects of it hold up. There's never like a, 
the, the CG in the film, the only CG element might be like a wide shot of like the harbor in Japan where you're like, all right, this kind of looks rough, a little bit rough. Um, but it's more that it just looks painterly and and false than it does that it looks like like strange computer graphics. But yeah. since the film is largely just practical elements, gunpowder, squibs, you know, spark guns, stuff like that, like that all ages just fine. Um, and uh, like I said, Tom Cruise's performance is really great in the movie. I I really and and as you said like he he doesn't learn their ways to serve his own ends he he is kidnapped against his will he's captured and he is um his alcoholism is kicked pretty quick not quick quick in in narrative story time not quick for for captain algren but right away it's like yeah he 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 has to sit with this guilt and these feelings. And I, I, I really latched onto that part of the story this time because like he's they're treating a wound of his and he's like begging for sake. And so they give it to him. He grabs the whole bottle and he's just coughing and it sounds miserable. And then he's just shaking and he's having all these withdrawal symptoms. And he he it reminds me of when my kids like won't go to bed and like, you know, <laughs> he's just going, sake. Like he's screaming <laughs> for it. Yeah. Um, because he's, he, he's all he can think of is all the people he hurt and his go-to pacifier is I need a drink. And he's finally in a spot where it's like, nope. And not only does he have to confront those feelings and sort of move on and accept and sit with them, but he takes that new stillness and is actually able to like put him, put his mind and body to use and, becomes changed for the better through living with them. And then of course comes to support their cause in a way um, because he has no, no respect or, or romanticization towards the United States after what, after his experience serving them in the military. Yeah. Um, it's a really layered movie uh, and really well done. I just, I'm pleased to get to watch it again. It was, it was really, really cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. I need to rewatch it. I have it on DVD, but it's good to know I can watch it HD somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Paramount Plus uh, for now, so who knows where it'll be tomorrow. But Right, sure. All right, the other movie I wanted to talk about, also starring Tom Cruise, uh, the following year, 2004, we got Collateral. You know, if you had just listened to me, we'd be all bogged down in traffic right now, and you would have made yourself an extra five bucks. Yeah, well, you keep that five bucks, buy something special. I got five stops to make. What's your name? Max. Max. I'm Vincent. I'll meet you in the alley behind the building. Oh, no! What the hell? You killed him. Red light, Max. Hold on, hold on. Man, you were gonna drive me around tonight and never be the wiser, but we're in the plan B. Now, we gotta make the best of it. Improvise, adapt to the environment. Whatever, man, we gotta roll with it. You just met him once and you kill him like that? But I should only kill people after I get to know them? I'm not up for this. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? 
There's a man named Vincent. I got another deal, Wade. He's already killed witnesses. He's coming to kill you. Max! I do this for a living! Trust going with my work. Gotta roll with it. Adapt. Get your hands in the air! That's funny, coming from you. Slow down! Shoot me! So Collateral's a great movie. Collateral, I used to own this as well, I think, and it was stolen by a Delta employee from my luggage. I was just say we bought these around the same time because I still have the DVD of Collateral as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah it was a... It was... It was Damn it. Son of a fucking bitch. Anyway, um, Michael Mann directed this film. It was written by Stuart Beatty, starring Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx, Jada Pinkett Smith, Mark Ruffalo, Peter Berg, and Bruce McGill. Um, So this movie uh, is a film where uh, we've got Max here. He's a cab driver. And um, one night, Tom Cruise, Vincent, gets in his cab and he semi-retains him for making a few stops for the night, offers him some extra money, 700 bucks. He's like, come on, man. Just no, 600 bucks, 600, six or $700. And I was like, considering everything that happens in this movie, you're just like, that's, that's not a lot of money. Like if he'd offered me two grand, like, yeah, you know, it's like, okay, maybe $700. I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah. that's better than nothing, but like, would you, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would have upped that money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it needs to go up. Yeah, for sure. Especially like a contract killer. It's like, hey man, how's six hundred dollars sound? It's like that doesn't get me out of my bedroom door. How about five thousand dollars? <laughs> five thousand. Yeah, dude. then you've got me. You know. Yeah. Anyway, I had a slight problem with that. Whatever, I got over it. But it's just sure. like, all right, if I were to revise this, my first thing would be, uh, yeah, let's up that. Let's up those stakes a bit. Um. <laughs> He only makes $34,000 a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, that's 700, my guy. Like, all right, a little higher, please. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to save up and buy this limo company. Yeah. So, um, it quickly becomes clear that, uh, Vincent makes no effort to hide it. In fact, uh, that Vincent is, is a murderer. He's a, he's yeah. a contract killer and his five stops. He, he is not in fact, um, doing real estate deals. Uh, that was a weak ass excuse. It was suspicious from the start. And, um, yeah, we took his $600 and that terrible excuse and we just looked the other way. Um, but of course the first guy he kills falls on the car, pretty hard to ignore. And it's so weird. He comes out and he's just like, um, that man just fell. And he's like, yeah, good guess. And he looks (laughs) at him right away. And first of all, he makes the connection a little too quick that Tom Cruise has killed this man. He's like, you killed him. Like, just cause I said, good guess. Right. Like he fell. Like I went good guess. Like I know he fell. Look at your car. <laughs> right. You're saying dumb things. Correct. Anyway, but he makes the, and so it was just a weird scene. It's like you killed him. I was like, whoa, let's, let's throw in the accusations. But Tom Cruise's, jump. Tom Cruise's response is no, I didn't kill him. I shot him. The bullets in the fall, they killed him. I'm like, <laughs> you don't have to admit that. You could right. just like, just, just pretend. Are you going to pretend at all that this was just a strange accident? Right. Like, just be like, oh, that's weird. I closed my deal, uh, but I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it quickly becomes like a hostage situation, essentially, where Tom Cruise is like, no, like, you're you're driving me. Fix this. Help me cover it up and let's move on. 
Um, So of course, all the while the cops are kind of on their trail, Mark Ruffalo has got wild hair and he's like, has kind of sort of reads the script and is like, what if, what if it's not the driver, you know? Um, But uh, there's a fun plot happening where essentially like the Javier Bardem character here is uh, ordering all these witnesses be killed because there's this indictment coming. And so Vincent is in town to execute literally (laughs) yeah, uh, uh, execute of this list of five people that he has to murder. Um, And so that's what he's here to do. And he's using a cabbie to do it these days. Of course, uh, I feel like you just rent a car, buddy. Just rent a car for fuck's sake. Enterprise. Um, Anyway, I guess a cab is more anonymous. Sure. So you don't have to put your name on stuff. So whatever. Hey, cash. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, this movie is really fun. Um, there's complaints about this movie. Uh, not, not, there are no like legitimate, like, oh, like problematic things. Um, but there are just people who criticized it's, it's long. The third act gets kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a movie. I think it's a yeah. movie that's really well executed, that builds up a lot of tension, suspense, and a fun premise. And then you know, in the third act, it's time for the hero to be proactive. And so, yeah, Jamie Foxx is going to, you know, wrestle a fairly out of shape cop uh, and avoid being handcuffed and take yep. his gun. That's not that hard for me to believe. Right. Um, uh, it's not hard for me to believe that he would uh, run towards the location of the last victim because it's this girl he really likes. And yep. he is at that point in the film, not just like, a white knight, like, you know, I'm going to go save her. He does not like Vincent. Like he has grown to from, from fear of him to sort of contempt of him, which is why he crashes the car anyways. Yeah. That's why that even happens. So not only do I think it's wrong that you kill people, I think you're just full of shit and I hate you, (laughs) you know? And, and so like part of him charging off to save her, it's like, okay, this girl was really cute. And I think we've got, We've got something going on, so I don't want her to die, but I also really hate Vincent, and I'm certainly not going to let this motherfucker kill her. Um, yeah. And I can do something about it, basically. So um, yeah. I thought that all fit. I thought that was all good story. Like, okay, it's it's a little silly, but it's fine. Um, maybe it's weird yeah. that he gets the upper hand on a professional killer. I think even that was well done. There's no ridiculousness sure. yeah. um, for me, at least. It's been a very long time since I've seen this movie. Um but yeah, I, I, I remember it being well-made. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is great. Yeah. And this was, was this before, or I think it's the same year as Ray. This is the same so, year as Ray. Okay. And Ray was like his breakout, like, yo, this dude is actually an actor. And, and this is a weird sort of departure for Tom Cruise as well. Um, you have to think like, even now, Tom just kind of always plays the, the hero. Right. And in this, he's the antagonist in a way like he's the he's the one that's butting up against jamie fox the entire time and jamie fox is the one we're supposed to be rooting for um so it's interesting it's a weird career decision for tom cruise to kind of play against his type that way yeah use his charisma in a different way and uh i just remember that being really cool at the time okay so i found the stat jamie fox is the third actor um, cause most of these people are women, but the, the 10th person to be nominated for two multiple Academy Awards in the same year for acting. Mm. So he s- supporting for this character 
And then he won Best Actor for Ray. Okay, so 1982, Jessica Lange was the fourth person to do it for for Tootsie and for Francis. Sigourney Weaver did this in 1988 with um, Gorillas in the Mist and Working Girl. Um, then there was Pacino in 92 for Sentinel Woman and Glengarry Glen Ross. Um, and then in 93, two, act, two actors did it. Holly Hunter did it for The Piano and the Firm. And Emma Thompson did it for The Remains of the Day and In the Name of the Father. And then... Mm. Before this, in 02, Julianne Moore did this for The Hours and Far From Heaven, then Jamie Foxx. Then in 07, Kate Blanchett was nominated for Elizabeth the Golden Age and I'm Not There. Do you remember the Bob Dylan movie? Yep, yep. And then most recently, Scarlett Johansson had this in 2019 with Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story. Mm. Yeah, wow. So only 12 people have actually, you know, Ever achieved this. this. Yeah, it's yeah that's cool. awesome. So yeah, he he's really great in this. Um and I remember seeing, I think it must have been on the DVD I had, but there's like shots of them sort of uh, blocking these scenes out. And it's just Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise like in folding chairs in some office yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. rehearsing this. And it, just especially when I was like a teen, I was like, oh, it's so cool. You know, it's like, cool. Yeah. It's just cool to watch them being in it, even though they're not in a, not in a cab, they're not in wardrobe. It's, it's just interesting. Yeah. Yep. There's a few parts of the movie that are, iconic for me at least there or again i have little moments where i, I low-key they're like my favorite shots there's that there's in the in the nightclub where tom cruise stomps that guy there's that face he makes where it's just like his his teeth are all out and his neck is all his, his, his like neck cartilage is all like tight but he just yeah he disarms the dude and he just st- yeah it's just like yeah. this like this really scary yeah. like shot like yep. at that point in the movie you sort of forget like okay how how threatening is vincent and yeah oh very threatening yeah. Still. oh yeah okay. very threatening <laughs> yep got it yeah um i got that 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 korean cover of ready of ready steady go yeah 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 <laughs> that we all love yeah in, in our friend circle don't yep. your dog oh <laughs> Yes. Um, I couldn't even pretend to sing right now, so I'm just gonna let you have that one. Oh, so good. I love Collateral. I mean, I had a lot of fun yeah. with it. I, st- I still, I still like it a lot. I thought, you know what? I, I when I was watching the beginning of it, so the first, like the first or second scene, it's really long, and it's it's very important because it's him building rapport with the Annie character, the the yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith character, because ultimately she comes back later in the film when you realize, oh shit, that's the last victim. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, it, it adds good stakes. It's not just some random asshole that is about to get yeah. killed. It, it matters to our, yeah. our lead character. And it's like, I didn't time it, but it feels like 10 minutes of screen time where they're just yeah. bonding and conversing and not even really flirting. Just like they, yeah. they, they're a good match yeah. And I don't know if I have an opinion of Jada Pinkett Smith's acting overall. I haven't like studied that, but she is great in this movie. Yeah. She's in like, you know, what, two parts of the film really. It's just one yeah. is this and the other is like running from Vincent. Yeah. Um, but she's so good. Um, yeah. it, it was very, I was getting Zoe Saldana energy mm. from, from it. Sure. Like I just, I was watching it. It was her face. You know, she's, you know, 20 years younger. Um, yeah. it was just the way she was moving. It was just, Oh wow. It was just very, I don't know. It, it was just really great casting uh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. part of, on the part of Michael Mann to, to put her in this. Yep. So, um, yeah. Uh, I got nothing else to say. 
This is great stuff. So if you got Paramount Plus and uh, nothing's changed in the weeks between recording this and publishing it, you should watch those movies. They're still worth it, I think. Yes. Totally. Um, A weird connection here. You mentioned uh, Zoe Saldana. Also in 2004, Zoe Saldana is in a movie called The Terminal. I'll be, I'll be talking about it at some Are point. Are you going to? Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, she's, uh, so I haven't, I haven't mentioned this on the show yet, but like, I'm, I don't, we, won't, we won't do an episode just on this, but like we mentioned it so much, but at 03, we've got Zoe Saldana in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. And then the following year she's in The Terminal and just, just, oh, yep. it's great. I can't wait. I was making yeah. the 2004 list and this was on there. And then I was like, Oh my God, the terminal. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. That was one of the first movies I watched with my wife, uh, was when it? we were dating cause she loves Tom Hanks, but had never seen it. And I was like, I have it on DVD. Yay. Yay. Man. I, I, I also earned the, ter- I also owned the terminal and it was stolen from me by an airport employee, <laughs> the Delta baggage claim. Yes. Uh, but I, I loved the terminal. I think I saw it just randomly. I, well, we'll talk about it when we'll talk about the terminal. I but, say, but there's it, a joke in there somewhere about uh, them stealing the terminal from from a terminal. But, I know. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It was. Um. The terminal is one of those movies that just the more you watch it, the more you're like, oh my god, I love this. Yeah. Right. Like, as the film goes on, you're just like, this is this is this is terrific. I'm having yes. such a good time. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you'll have to wait for that review. <laughs> It'll come yes. sometime. Hopefully I'll have a voice back by then. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. All right. Well, uh, everybody enjoy what's left of your November. Have a good Veterans Day. And um, we'll see you guys the next time we see you. Yeah. Wee. Yeah.